Well, hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome to Twisted Perspective's new series called Divine Secrets, where we will be taking a journey that will lead us through the book of Esther, where we will learn of a spiritual roadmap that very well may become a path that leads us directly to the heart of God. I'm your host from Blood of the Lamb Ministries, Jody Coward. Well, good day to you, my brothers and sisters. Good day to you. Hey, welcome to part three of Divine Secrets. And in Esther's story in chapter two, we read these words. All of the King's Beauty contestants got to go on an all-expenses-paid shopping spree. The ladies were allowed to choose whatever clothes they wanted. And they could even pick out their own choice of the latest fashion jewelry. And the kicker is, whatever they picked out, they got to keep it. Now, down in verse 15, we read that when Esther had her turn, she accepted the advice of Haggai. She asked for nothing except for what Haggai recommended. Who was this Haggai character? Haggai was a eunuch, and he was the personal servant of King Xerxes. So I would think that it would be safe to say that Haggai pretty much knew exactly what the king liked and what he disliked. Now, Esther was the only one out of 1,400 ladies that took the time to find out what the king liked. She took the time to find out what the king preferred. So let's recap a couple things here. Esther and all the ladies, they spent 12 long months preparing for one night with the king. They spent these months preparing so that they would smell and look pleasing to the king. Their preparations consisted of beauty spa treatments. They were taught how to walk, how to talk. They were taught the protocols of the palace, the protocols of going before the king. So you ask, how is that a secret? Being born again is a process. And when we are born again, we're born into a royal family and into the kingdom of God. And what many people fail to realize is that most of us have to go through a season of preparation. And we must be taught by the Holy Spirit how to walk and how to talk. And we even must be taught the protocols of his kingdom. Now, here's what I've seen and why I believe that this is a divine secret. People get born again, and for a while, things are great. But then all of a sudden, maybe some persecution comes along. Maybe some unexpected troubles arise. And some of these poor, precious people backslide, and they quit growing. Mostly because, I believe, they haven't taken the time to learn the ways of the kingdom. They haven't went through a season of preparation. So they revert back to what they have known And all they're trying to do is live in the kingdom of heaven. But they're doing it by the ways of the world. And it can't be done. It just cannot be done. This is comparable to trying to live in two kingdoms at one time. But by bringing the protocols of one kingdom into the other, it simply will not work. Now here's some examples of what what I'm saying. In the world system, the way to make it to the top is by pretty much doing whatever it takes to get you there no matter who you hurt, no matter what it cost. Now, I'm not saying everybody, but in general, that's the way it is out there in the business world. Jesus said that in his system, those who are to be the greatest are those who will live in service to him by serving others. The Bible also teaches us that whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Secondly, the world says to repay those who have hurt you and have wronged you. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, so to speak. But Jesus said to forgive them. Jesus said to pray for them, to love them, and to bless them. So then, let's look at this. 
You can choose to learn the protocols or ways of Jesus that he taught us to live by, or we can choose the ways of the world systems and protocols. Now, which of these two choices do you think smells better to God? Now, the next secret that we've learned from Esther is that she took the time to find out what the king liked. She found out what the king preferred. Now, Paul, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, out of the Passion Translation, he says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total transformation of how you think, and this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in God's eyes. That sounds exactly to me like we're supposed to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us because he is the Haggai in the kingdom. Sounds to me like he's the one to teach us what the king likes and what the king doesn't like. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about asking Jesus what he likes? Now, I want to give you an example. Several years ago, we used to go to Victory Christian Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was about an hour and a half ride from our house. And one day on the way back, Donna and Talitha were asleep. And the Lord spoke to me and asked me, Jody, have you ever thought about asking me where I want you to go to church? <laughs> and to be honest with you guys, I promise you I did this. I am not lying. <laughs> I did my best Tim the Toolman Taylor impersonation. And I went, I didn't know I could do that. So that taught me to ask God, ask the Holy Spirit, what, is, what do you like? What am I supposed to do? And it seems to me that God just might have this funny idea that his church gathers together to bless him, to praise him, and to worship him. But it seems to me that some people gather together just so that God will bless them. This is not kingdom mentality. This is not finding out what God likes. These people are what I call the God Bless Me Club. Now, allow me, if you will, to share four things that I've always done over the last 20 plus years. Things that I've done no matter what has happened in our life and no matter what was going on around our life. Especially in times of difficulty, I've done these things. First and foremost, of course, certainly I've prayed. I've placed my needs in the hands of Jesus and watched him personally answer every one of those needs. He always has and he always will. Second thing I've done always is read my Bible. I even listen to it at night while I'm sleeping. And you, you might be thinking, well, how does that help? Brothers and sisters, your, your spirit never sleeps. And if you're listening to the word playing at night while you're sleeping, your spirit is absorbing that word. And it is the word that's alive and it will transform your life. Thirdly and fourthly, praise and worship. Matter of fact, I actually personally spend more time praising and worshiping God than I do asking him for stuff. I love telling God how great he is and how great his son is. I love doing that, and I know God loves to hear it. So these things, when we do them, I believe that they smell very good to God. I believe it's a fragrant incense, if you will, rising up into his nostrils. Now, back to the ladies. Esther and all of these ladies, they were preparing for one night and possibly just a very few moments in the presence of the king of Persia, King Xerxes. He was the most powerful man in the world. This was a moment that had the potential to dramatically alter the destiny of all of these young ladies. One would be chosen queen. 
the rest would become concubines of his harem. And lastly is this, that if they forgot the protocols of going before the king, quite possibly they could have died. So it is very important to prepare and learn protocols before you go before a king. Now here's another secret. Never, never, I said never, underestimate the encounter with the king of kings, King Jesus. Never underestimate an encounter that could quite possibly alter your destiny. This, of course, will only happen if you are prepared for that moment in the king's presence. Now, in Matthew chapter 14, verses 34 through 36, we read these words. These people were surrounding Jesus, and as many as touched his garment got healed. As many as touched his garment. As many. That means there was a lot of them. Now, next, down in Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, this is where Jesus went to his hometown. And it says in the scriptures that he could do no mighty miracle and no mighty work there because of their unbelief. So let me take a little rabbit trail here for just a second. What is doubt? Doubt is not the absence of faith. Doubt questions your faith. Doubt, according to Webster's Dictionary, is to waver in your opinion. Doubt is to be uncertain in a belief that you have or an opinion that you have. Now, here's an example. Atheist people, they don't believe in God. So if an atheist doubts, that person could become terrified that God does exist. Now, if a Christian doubts, he may fear that God doesn't exist. We've all been there. We've all been in a position where we wondered if God was going to show up. We've all been in a position to ask the question, God, where are you? That's doubt. So by definition, you must believe something before you can have doubts about it. Now back to the people in Mark chapter 6. These people knew and believed that Jesus was the son of Mary. They knew Jesus as a carpenter. They did not know him as the son of God. The things that Jesus said to them offended them. And because of this, Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. So now let's put unbelief and doubt together. What is unbelieving doubt? Unbelieving doubt says this, not your will, but my will be done. On the other hand, believing doubt says this, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus said that exact thing in the Garden of Gethsemane. So maybe he had doubt. I don't know that he did. The scriptures does not say that. I'm just saying maybe he did because he said this, Father, let this cup pass from me, but not what I want, but what you want. These people in Mark chapter six just could not believe that Jesus was the son of God. They couldn't believe the message that he taught, which was the gospel of the kingdom. I've had a lot of preachers throughout the years tell me that the thing Jesus talked most about was money. I'm sorry, I have to disagree with that. The thing he talked most about was his father's kingdom. Now, we've seen two different groups of people here. One group didn't underestimate a moment in the king's presence. And what happened was many miracles occurred. The other group, well, they definitely underestimated Jesus. And the scripture says he could do no mighty works there, but lay hands on a few people and heal them. So here's my question to you today. Which of these two groups do you belong to? Myself, I believe with every ounce of believing that is in me. I have no doubts whatsoever 
that the encounters and the moments that I have been in the presence of my King, the presence of my Savior, the presence of my Jesus, these encounters and moments have absolutely changed my life. I don't know what you believe, but I want to encourage you today to prepare yourself. The last thing I want to say today, are you preparing for a moment with Jesus? I want you to understand that Jesus is coming, and he is coming pretty quickly, and he's coming pretty soon. So are you prepared for that moment? Are you prepared for a moment during worship where he shows up and changes your life? Are you prepared for that? So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you humbly, Father. We come before you boldly. We come before your throne of grace that we might obtain your mercy boldly, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every person in the sound of my voice. I declare and I decree, Father, that they are filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, walking fully pleasing to you and being fruitful in every good work. I thank you, Father, that you have set upon them a spirit of wisdom and that you have given them a revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, of who Jesus is to them and who they are in Jesus. I give you praise, I give you glory for all of it, in the mighty name of Jesus. And until next time, may God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Amen. Hallelujah. Before we go, I'd like to remind you, we sure do welcome your prayer requests, your comments, and even your concerns. You can contact me and my team at jodycoward59 at gmail.com. That's J-O-D-Y-C-O-W-A-R-D-5-9 at gmail.com. And hey, one more thing. Be sure you give us a download on our episodes. Click our like button and share our podcast with your friends and family. And I'd like to thank you, brothers and sisters, for your faithful support of our podcast and of our ministry. And until next time, remember, Revelation 12:11 says, We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Amen, hallelujah, and praise be to Jesus.